0: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow a side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikaela Matthews. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, I have Cassandra Nuama, a.k.a. Coach Cass. Coach Cass is a danceaholic, travelista, and fitness guru that makes healthy living and positive energy contagious. She is a certified personal trainer, group exercise instructor, and health and wellness coach. Now, I have actually known Cassandra since we were in undergrad, her at UVA and me at UPenn. And post-undergrad, we were in the New York City streets together, grinding, working these low salaried media and entertainment jobs, just trying to make it and be successful. We had that hustling, work hard, play hard mentality. And it has been amazing to watch her literally transform in front of my eyes from someone who was just working a regular job just like me to someone who has gone out on her own as a health and wellness coach and entrepreneur. I've also watched Coach Cass physically transform, losing over 50 pounds, keeping it off, and inspiring and giving others the tools to do the same. Do you know how encouraging it is to know someone from the days when they were interning and didn't know what their full-time job would be or where they would live after undergrad to figuring out their passion and creating a life and career that they love? That's what it's like to know Coach Cass. Originally from Ghana, Coach Cass and her mother, Kukua, aka the founder of KukuaFitness.com, also organize yearly fitness and cultural excursions to different countries in Africa and teach fitness and dance classes locally and internationally. Today, we'll get into how Coach Cass not only makes a living, but makes a life following her passion. Before we chat with Cass, I wanna let you know that this episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. As business owners, we all know the challenge of finding great talent to make our businesses not only survive, but thrive. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to a hundred plus job sites with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on people finding you, it finds them for you. 80% of business owners who post a job on ZipRecruiter gets a quality candidate through the site within one day. So no more juggling back and forth emails or calls to your phone. Simply screen, rate and manage people all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy to use dashboard. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash hustle to try ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash hustle. Alrighty, now let's get into it. So welcome to the guest chair, Cassandra. Hello, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. You are one of my entrepreneur heroes. And you know, part of that is because I've known you and literally watched you go from career move to career move to full-time entrepreneur. And it's been, I've been just watching in admiration for so, so long. So so happy to have you in the guest chair. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. So for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be Coach Cass.
1: Okay, so um Rewind, I was originally one of those kids that strayed away from health and wellness and fitness in general. I just, I did more things that were fun to me. I danced and I played sports and that's fitness, but I didn't consider it that. I just consider it things I like to do. My mother has always been Miss Health and Fitness. And because of that, I was like, pass me to Twinkie, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fast forward to when I was about 19 and my sister was 18, and she was given two weeks to live. She has lupus. And my mom, being the health and wellness guru that she is, said, You know, you guys already gave her a death sentence. I might as well try to save her. So, literally, pulled her out of the hospital like, literally, took the IVs out of her arm, everything, pulled her out of the hospital. And within like a month, my mom just did juicing and vegetables, to her off every medication, everything. And I saw a transformation. Um, she went from chemotherapy, no hair, to having hair. She went from 88 pounds to 120 pounds. She went from saying she'll never walk again, paralyzed from the waist down to standing up in the chair and walking back and forth. This was within a month and then two months, even more progression. So my sister obviously didn't die. She's 30. She's going to be 32 now. And that was when she was 18. I watching her go through that, it changed me so much. Like I said, I have to change my life around. I was pre-diabetic. I had Migraine headaches all the time, menstrual cramps are crazy. I have bumps all over my face from sugar. I put sugar in everything my spaghetti and my everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. So, long story short, I myself was able to drop 50 pounds. I was able to go from having constant migraine headaches to not having them anymore, from having bumps on my face to having clear skin, from having bad menstrual cramps to not having crazy cramps just a transformation in myself. And I said, I wanted to help other people do the same. And so that's where Coach Cass came in. Wellness with Coach Cass was a business idea that I founded and created. And um, it's, actually umbrellaed under my my mom's business which is kukwa fitness and i'm a master trainer for kukwa fitness workout which is the african dance workout that allows you to travel africa without your passport and then literally come with your passport on trips
0: it's so interesting i love that your business is essentially a family business but yet you still have your own like lane and path and business within it. Now, while all of this was coming together though, Cass, you juggled for a long time. What was your full time as you side household and how did you juggle the two?
1: So I was a producer at an advertising agency. So this was when I was starting to get into personal training. I would train people in the mornings from five to nine-ish. Then I would leave at lunchtime to go teach a class then I'll come back to the office. Then I would leave around like six to go teach. And then if there was a campaign or something going on, I would come back to the office at like 10, 11 o'clock, still working crazy hours and still trying to answer meal plans for people and inquiries on Instagram or Facebook. And it was taxing, but I gave myself a little goal. I said, you know what, I can't do this juggling thing forever. Like, let me try it for five years and see. And I said five years, not even like five months. I should have said (laughs) five months (laughs) because I was scared. You know, I was like, oh man, like that every two weeks constant check coming in. And I've seen my, you know, my mom and other people have been entrepreneurs that I've seen, and I'm like, oh, like you know, they do well, but sometimes they don't know and I'm a risk taker, but I'm a calculated risk taker. So if you tell me to jump from a cliff, I need to know how high the thing is. I need to know how far. I won't just jump. So when it came to revenue streams, when it came to time management, all these things, me juggling, I said, okay, I will I will basically juggle till I can't juggle anymore. But when you find your true, true passion, it just oversees everything else. And you can only do it but for so long before you get to that crossroads because there's going to be a crossroads and it's inevitable and everybody has this life jacket even though essentially everybody can swim quote unquote but they have this life jacket which is their job and so you're, like, chilling. Like, you don't got to tread water. You don't have to get tired. You're just, like, chilling <laughs> <with> my jacket. <laughs> Floating in the water. Like, getting that steady check every two weeks. Like, not worrying about anything. So you're like, damn, do I really want to take off this floaty? Because if I take it off, I got to actually swim. I got to tread water. What if I get tired? What if I drown? And it's, like, once that floaty is off, you will do what you need to do to make it to shore or to float or stay above water because everybody can technically swim. They've just never challenged you because they always have this floaty.
0: How did you push through that fear? So you mentioned that it happened sooner than you expected. Was that by choice? And if so, like, how did you push through that mental barrier?
1: It was, it was, it was by choice and force. So force was my boss being like, excuse me, um, (laughs) (laughs) You're over here taking sabbaticals and like, what do you do? Like, where do you want to be? Because we're going to have layoffs and I need to know if I need to keep you. Like, I need to know what's going on. I would go to a meeting and, you know, they would talk about, instead of talking about the client or what we're supposed to do, they would ask me about like, what should I eat for lunch? And, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm really trying to work on my arms. So I did it. And like people just saw like what I would, and I would light up and get so excited to talk about that. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, we got to talk about this stuff now. But at the end of the day, my, my heart and my mind just weren't there. I was just going through the motions and I was just using it as like my little floaty. Um, and it was apparent. And so that crossroads had hit. And even though I wasn't prepared at least i didn't think i was prepared financially because i felt like you need to have at least 6 months' rent and you need to have um you know your backup backup options and all these th- all these backups and securities need to be in place and they weren't but what was in place was My definitive purpose that I knew what my purpose was, my definitive passion, clients that I was already working with juggling that I couldn't give my full time to, but I knew that if I had the time to, I could give it to them, classes that I would turn down because I didn't have the time to do. All those things were in place. So even though I didn't have this savings or I didn't have some certain things that you're supposed to have before you leave. I knew what I did have. I focused on what I did have and not what I didn't, because I think most people focus on, well, I don't have this and I don't have this and I don't have that. But you do have so much. The fact that you even know what your your purpose and what you're you're supposed to do is more than most people. Like most people don't even know what they what their purpose is or their passion is. And so yeah, so by choice was me saying. I can't do this juggling thing anymore because I literally felt like I was working 200 hour weeks because my days start at five and end at like 2 a.m. or something like that. it was crazy. And then for me to be held on wellness and be tired and be all that, it just was not. I'm like, OK, I've, I've hit a crossroads. I need to choose. And I basically was choosing happy. I wasn't choosing security, I wasn't choosing finances, I wasn't cho- I was just choosing happy and my happy place was when I was teaching, my happy place was when I was helping somebody, my happy place was when I was traveling. And so I knew that once I was in my happy place and my purpose and goals were established that my parents didn't raise somebody who didn't know how to survive. So whatever I need to do, I always know that I could make money quickly. I could go back to advertising, I could do whatever, but I knew what my passion and my purpose was. So I wasn't concerned about, oh, I'm going to be homeless or, oh, I'm going to be evicted or, oh, I'm not going to have enough to eat.
0: So, you know, a lot of the guests on Side a Pro come from backgrounds where their parents want them to travel really traditional paths and your mom is an entrepreneur, right? So how did that influence your entrepreneurial fire?
1: Um, It influenced me a lot. I mean, I just saw, I just saw how my mom just worked so hard and not, yes, she would complain here and there like, oh, you know, I wish this or I wish that, but it wasn't the way that people complain when they're unhappy working for somebody else. She was always just so, like, she would get so excited over a new routine, the choreograph, and have me and my sister sit there. When we were, like, five years old, she'd be like, guys, what do you think of this choreography? And we're like, lift your arm more, do this. Um, But we're like, that's mommy's job. Like, that's what she does. Like, it was so awesome to see that. And the flip side was sometimes her not always knowing you know, if certain, a certain deal was going to go through or a certain client was going to go through, you know, when you're in a regular job, no matter what, whether they have a new business pitch or whatever happens, you're always getting your two week check. When you're an entrepreneur, if you don't Hustle or that deal doesn't go through, or whatever, you need to make sure that you're good. Like, you need to make sure you're set. So, I had a little bit of fear from that, but she did show me that she was always good. We never starved, we never wanted for anything. We've always traveled all over the world. So, yeah, she showed me that there are definitely hard times, that it's not always guaranteed and secure. But she also showed me that when you love something and when you're passionate about something, you will always do what you need to do to get where you need to be because that's something that is important to you and that you love and you're a survivor.
0: So when you were ready to branch out on your own, what were the first steps you took to start to take CoachCast from this idea and this side hustle to a real business?
1: So it was more um, along the lines of, what do I, I'm such a realist. And so I'm like, all right, what, what is my minimum to survive? And then what is my minimum to like chill? So you have like your survival just to meet your basic minimum, uh, rent, electricity, all your utilities, all of those kind of things. And then you have your chill, meaning like get a pedicure, go traveling, shopping, this and that. What is your budget for that? And I, I broke it down into what I needed to make each day in order to live comfortably the way I want. So I'm like, okay, I need to make, let's say $300 a day in order to meet my minimum. And then I calculated out for the week how much I need. So, okay, Cass, how many classes is that? How many clients is that? I just started to calculate out what is realistic and then looking at my current roster of classes or clients or gigs and saying, okay, can I realistically do that each day or week or month? And let's say I don't get as many one week as another week, will the previous week balance out? Another thing was, what is my support base looking like? What is my client base looking like? Do I have a following? It doesn't not not even uh, social media wise, but like if I did a class, would people come? If I wanted to train people, would people sign up with me? If I put a product out there, would people buy it from me? So taking little polls with my friends, just me evaluating and making a list of current people that always support or like just different brackets so those are two things and then um just uh your love meter for what it is um you know like not every day is oh my god i'm so in love with this job and i I love it so much and i can't get enough and i'm always And even though it seems like that, you're like, you just really, really love what you do. And you do, but not every day. Not every day I want to get up in front of the class and teach. Sometimes I don't feel like it, but you do what you do out of commitment. You have to, It's more commitment level is the third thing I would say. So when you don't feel like it, what is your commitment level? Will you still perform or do this and that because of your commitment?
0: That's one of the things that I, I really admire about you, because I remember so you choreographed and like did a whole dance class session for a bachelorette party. And, you know, I was like, wait, what time is Cass coming in from New York? Like, is she going to be able to teach? And, you know, my maid of honor was just like, oh, no, if Cass says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And it's so true. It's like, no matter if you came back from South Africa yesterday, (laughs) you know, if Cass says she's going to be there at 7 a.m., she's going to be there at 7 a.m. So how did you learn to market yourself and grow that reputation and your clientele? Um, So, one, Anything
1: that I preach or coach, I've done or experienced my own self. So I speak from firsthand and um, I like other people to give testimonies as well. Like, oh, I've worked out with her before. Oh, I've taken a class with her before. One of my biggest things that grew my business a lot was weddings specifically. Like I would do, whether it was a dance or whether it was working out with a bride or something like that, then the whole bridal party is like, oh, I want to do it too. Another way my business grew was my corporate connections through advertising. Even though I left advertising, people were still like, oh my gosh, I know you're not in this anymore, but I know you used to always you know, talk about X, Y, and Z. Can you come and do a session for us, whether it was dance or whether it was a wellness workshop? So my corporate clients from advertising, I was able to go back and do stuff on the um, corporate health and wellness side. And then travel-wise, everywhere I would travel... I would take the opportunity to, to teach a class there or videotape because people don't know what you're doing until you put it out there. And so the more people saw that, the more they would say, oh, I want to try it too or I want to do that too. But before I was like, oh, I don't feel like doing that or oh, do I have to put my whole life on there? But it wasn't necessarily that. It was more of like, if you want people to know what you're doing and you want people to come out, you have to show them what's going on.
0: And, you know, once you do something, someone else does it. And the fitness, personal training, health and wellness space is so oversaturated. How do you continue to distinguish yourself?
1: So um, I think that no matter if there is 10 or a million trainers, dancers, choreographers, whatever, everybody has. You are your own sauce, your own secret sauce. So people train with me because it's me. I know that I have my own flavor to things i know that specifically with dance i was always that person that would go to a choreography class and be like oh my gosh like i am not gonna get it like it's they're gonna go so fast and that's why i like teaching choreography classes now because i understand the people who are like oh it's gonna be too hard it's gonna be too fast because i was that person and so i like people to repeat it and go slow and break it down and so I pride myself on being able to relate to my clients, whether they're in dance class or whether they're personal training or whether it's travel. Workout wise and fitness wise, I can't work out with boring music. So it's gonna be fun music all the time. We're always gonna have some type of like, you know, um, dance aspect of it. Even if we're doing jumping jacks or push up, there would be some kind of dancing beat challenge in it. So I think that's my differentiator, really. I can just relate. I haven't always been Miss Health and Fitness, and I came on a journey, so I know the other people who go through that same journey and the same struggle with
0: us. Now, I've read that since leaving corporate America, you have matched and then exceeded your former salary. So how and when did you start to reap profit from your business? And then what were the first things you invested back into your business?
1: So. It started with with the matching. It started with me figuring out how much I needed. The question that you asked me before about looking at, before I left, what helped me to make that jump? Well, looking at, looked at what I needed, looked at my current salary or what I was getting. I'm like, okay, this is how much I currently make. If I could at least make that, then I'll just only go higher from there. There's no salary cap when it comes to being an entrepreneur, which is awesome. So client-wise, I knew what I needed to get. I looked at my support system. I looked at the current clients that I had and said, okay, our current classes and corporate clients. I said, okay, this will help me to meet this current salary. It started to grow when my following started to grow, following via Insta, following via YouTube, following via Facebook. And then just in general, followings in my classes, my class numbers started to get higher. Um, Trip numbers started to get higher. And so me meeting the minimum and then increasing my numbers wise. And that was through advertising, but not the traditional advertising, just more of the social media and people just seeing you more. When people see you more, they, they're they more apt to want to support and do more things with you. So people seeing me more, whether it was on the gram or YouTube or Facebook, or just out in the city doing stuff or um, around the world. Um, some people didn't don't even know where i'm based (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they're like oh i thought you lived in tanzania oh i thought you lived in ghana i thought and so um yeah but i just try to do as much as i can as far as like reaching out and fully immersing when i'm in that certain city or country or letting people know that i'm traveling there and so with meeting and exceeding the um revenue streams it was it was a matter of the, the numbers getting bigger and the numbers got bigger because of advertising in the more non-traditional ways through like social media and just putting myself out there.
0: Speaking of earning potential, how are you continuing to grow your brand? There's only one you and you can't burn yourself out. So how do you think about scaling your business and earning potential moving forward?
1: So as I mentioned earlier with my business being under Kukua Fitness, Kukwa Fitness is my mom's company, but we work together. So there's a certification program with Kukwa Fitness. So we have over 250 instructors around the world. And even when I leave New York, I have Kukwa instructors that come that teach my class here. So that is one aspect through certification under Kukwa Fitness. And then digital wise, and that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks, I'll have digital programs that people can choose from, whether it's, you know, body sculpt or amazing arms or just dance, or they'll be able to choose from a category of what they want to work out that day. And then I'll also have a live, I did this a couple of months ago too, during the holidays, live class, where if it's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 12 p.m. GMT time, you log in And I could see everybody. Everybody can't necessarily see each other, but I could see everybody. And it's a live class that you could do from your house or you could do from wherever. So digitally is how we see the business scaling, which is already working certification-wise, but digitally through programs. We have product programs where it'll be 12-week programs, six-week programs, and then two-week turnaround programs. And then even the process of, you know, somebody may ask like, hey, Cass, I'm actually very ill. And I, I heard about what happened with your sister and I want to totally transform and heal myself too. Like we have a whole program. My mom wrote out
0: step-by-step step of what to do. Are there any things you wish you knew before becoming a full-time entrepreneur?
1: I wish that somebody reminded me that it's okay not to know everything up front. Like I thought that in, in, in like two weeks, I need to have this, 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 Like I would look at other entrepreneurs and be like, okay, their site is like this and their app is like this and everything has to happen so quickly. And it's okay to do things step by step. It's okay that if your your to-do list is 10, if you only finish two, it's okay if those two were time sensitive and you did them so well and to the, the fullest you'll get to the other ones. It's okay if you didn't make it all the way through the list of 10 things. I would be so hard on myself and I would fall into a comparison trap or fall into a, I didn't get this done trap. Um, and it's like, come down, like you're just starting. Celebrate your small victories, celebrate what you have done and stop focusing on the other things. Um, and don't try to be a jack of all trades and master of none. So Mm. you love fitness. You love dance. You love travel. You love people. You love this. You love that. You love everything. But let's look at what is your biggest revenue stream. Let's look at what takes up the most time. Let's look at like kind of more focus. Um, Because as an entrepreneur, and if you have an entrepreneurial mind, you'll always have different ideas. And so one minute you're on this path, then the next minute you're on this path, and then no path ever gets finished because you're all over the place. So just pick a path and focus on it. And if there's an idea that comes, if it's not in line with that same path or that same goal, then leave it there and come back to it after you finish one.
0: All righty. So now we're going to transition to the lightning round, which basically is when you answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, what's an online resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? I think... This
1: is going to sound so basic and simple, but I really appreciate Google Calendar. Like I put everything in the calendar that and then Upwork, which is like a like a freelance service, whether you need like an admin assistant or, you know, an extra helping hand. Or you have freelancers to do that.
0: Number two, what's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year?
1: Um, I really like 10x rule. What is his name? Grant Grant Cardone. That was like one of the best books for an entrepreneur. Just just showing how you really need to put in. It's not enough to do something once or twice, but 100 times the effort um, and you'll really get results.
0: Number three, who inspires you and why? Um, my mom
1: inspires me the most just because she. She did everything by herself. She taught herself everything. You know, when people looked at her like it was a joke of what she was doing, she kept going. And she's always told us when we were younger, like, I can't wait till you guys grow up so we can hang out, so we can work out together, so we could do this. <laughs> and she always said that. And now it's real. And it's like she just inspires me so much. I don't know any... I don't know any African woman that's ever done what she's done and been in the fitness industry for almost 40 years. And she just, the list goes on what she's done, but she's definitely my inspiration for sure.
0: Oh, man. um, I don't usually pause lightning round, but I just have to say there was a time in grad school when my roommate was like, oh, I'm about to do this West African dance video that I ordered on Amazon. I was like, what? Which video? And then she pulls out your mom's <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know her. <laughs> Isn't
1: that so? <laughs> that was the best. That was the best. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she All literally right. has been doing I mean, she broke yes. her water. She broke her water teaching a class with me. Like, Oh my God, it was like, like just, it, all a,
0: exactly. it all makes sense now. <laughs> Number four, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? Um,
1: I will never, I will never do something or lead somebody somewhere that I haven't done or led myself. So I, I manage expectations all the time, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a little kid, whether it's, if, we're, if I'm telling you what you're going to eat, I'm going to tell you in advance whether it's going to be sweet, salty, this, that, this, that. If we're going on a trip, I'm going to tell you whether it's going to be what's involved. I always like to manage people's expectations. And that has always been something that has really helped me corporately and entrepreneur-wise because people don't get mad at you because you've managed your expectations. If you tell somebody what they're not going to get, they can't get mad at you because you told them. If you tell somebody what they're going to get, you've told them. So once you manage somebody's expectation, that can really take you far, which I realize. And I always do that all the
0: time. All right. Number five, what's your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing that steady paycheck?
1: Um, so I would say, you know, it's, it is scary to step out and go out on your own, not knowing you know am i going to have this this sustainable income am i going to you know always keep above water but what's even scarier is regret you know regretting that you didn't follow your your passion and your heart what's what's even scarier is you know having a financial cap you can only make but so much at your job and you don't have that cap when you're an entrepreneur what's even scarier than that is you not working on your dreams, so somebody else hiring you to work on theirs. So, yeah, to me, it's like a matter of I even tell my clients this, like, yeah, it sucks to get up in the morning to work out, but then it also sucks to look in the mirror and not be happy with yourself. And so it's kind of like, what sucks more? Yeah, it sucks to, you know, be not sure all the time and not have that security all the time, but it sucks even more to have this burning passion inside of it that you have to keep in some closed bottle and you can't release it just so you can have your floaty and not swim to shore.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. So what's the best way that we can connect with you after this episode?
1: Um, so you can connect with me social media wise, coach CassFit fit on um, Instagram, coach CassFit on YouTube Wellness with Coach Cass on uh, Facebook. And then, yeah, all things Kukwa Fitness. I'm under that as well. So Kukwa Fitness on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram as well.
0: Awesome. And I will link to all of that in the show notes. So it's been a pleasure, Cass. Thank you for joining us in the guest chair. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. And there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash sidehustlecorner to get my weekly Side Hustle Diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, Do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.